No. What's your least favorite scary movie? We will never be broken. Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name's Jesse. And this week, we're kind of closing out our Black Christmas coverage. For now? For now? Question mark? <laughs> the end, <laughs> dot, 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 question mark? Yeah. Um. So that's something to look forward to. I'm pretty excited about it, and I'm just going to go ahead and let you all know now, if you have a lot of angry feelings towards this movie, you're going to have a lot of angry feelings towards how I talk about this movie, so... <laughs> Just a uh, heads up. <laughs> she's been geared up for this for like a whole month at this point. Uh, we've known honestly, that, probably almost four years. <laughs> yeah, we've no actually well, true. Whenever it came out, but we knew that we were going to be doing this one eventually. Yeah. And now we have no other choice. We got to cover a Black Christmas movie. It's Christmas. Yeah. Can't do it any other way on this podcast. If we're just about to start. It over must next be year. Black Christmas. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's how. That's how that goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the tagline for the series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't have any announcements other than at some point within the next couple of weeks, we'll have our Patreon bonus episode for budget tier patrons. Yeah. We're not sure exactly when we'll have a chance to record and post it, but we're going to be covering the short film Treevenge. I think we can sneak it in this weekend. We'll see. I think we can make it happen. It's a long weekend. We it's got a long this. weekend, but family stuff. That's true. Calls. Yeah. We'll, so. we'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll be there. Yeah. It's coming up. It, it'll, it'll be there eventually. You'll get the notification. Yeah. You know how it works. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Do we have poll results? We do. Okay. All right. So last week, we talked about Violet Night, and we wanted to ask everybody what the best version of Gertrude is. So, <laughs> the name Gertrude. The name Gertrude. To yes. Be clear. Not the character, but yeah. So you got the OG, you got Gertrude. On Instagram, 20% voted for that. 40% prefers Gertie. Nobody likes Trudy. Wow. 40% like Bertrude. Okay. And over on Twitter, nobody likes Gertrude. 56% likes Gertie. 33% like Trudy. And 11% like Bertrude. Okay. I think you know where I stand on this. I think in terms of an actual real name, I like Gertie. I think in terms of a real name, I like Bertrude. <laughs> oh my god, that was that was a highlight of the movie for me right there, Bertrude. Like that was, yeah, it, it peaked right it, it there. It peaked early for you. It did, but it was good. Man. I fucking loved it. All right, all right. So let's talk about Black Christmas. Let's talk about Black Christmas. So this was released December thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. We watched it on Netflix, but as of sometime over this past weekend, you can stream it on Netflix, Fubo TV, YouTube TV Premium, and Hulu Premium, or you can rent it through YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, or Prime. Written by Sophia Tikal and April Wolf, with some credits to Roy Moore for the nineteen seventy four screenplay. Question mark. Mm um, I'm not sure why that was included on the IMDb because yeah, there were a couple of elements from it, but mm. I don't even really think enough to to qualify to qualify that. I think there were a couple of names and some like moments, but nothing Maybe. that like. I, I think I, I wouldn't see, go beyond homage. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? That's that's a, as much as I got from it. Directed by Sophia Tikal, who has directed a movie that we've talked about on this show before, and that would be the Into the Dark special New Year, New You. That's a good one, too. Which it's almost time to watch again. That's true. Yeah, it's coming up. Oh, man. Okay. Music by Brooke Blair, 
and Will Blair. And Travis, I'm going to show you <laughs> these, their pictures. Because you know how sometimes okay. you think about like three children in a trench coat trying trench to be coat. one man? Yeah, yeah. I think this is one man <laughs> trying to be <laughs> two men. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> He's kind of looking at himself. You guys just... look uh, look this up on IMDb or we'll post a screenshot or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> so, and then this led me down a weird rabbit hole because I was like, I need to see, I need to like see if they're separate men. Um, <laughs> and they are separate men. Are they twins? They're, no, they are part of a trio of brothers. The eldest being Macon Blair. Oh, I was gonna say I can yeah. kind of see the resemblance a little bit. Yeah, because I pulled up their their filmographies and they have work on Blue Ruin and Green Room. Wow. And then I was like, oh, interesting. And then I noticed the connection in name and then the connection in face. But when I pulled up Macon Blair's IMDb, he's allowed to be in color. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Old, well. Oldest sibling rights, I guess. Yeah, he's not he's not taken super seriously anymore. He just made the new Toxic Avenger movie. So I don't I don't know. I think that's pretty serious. Yeah, that's serious, but very not serious. <laughs> it's trauma. <laughs> okay. Special effects makeup. Um I've got the prosthetics team that is Ebony Kay and Stefan Knight. Okay. Starring Imogen Poots as Riley, Elise Shannon as Chris, Lily Donahue as Marty, Brittany O'Grady as Jesse, Carrie Elwes as Professor Gelson. Oh my God, I didn't fill out this last name. Uh oh. Oh Whoa. no. <laughs> Blank as, what is this? Landon. Landon. Blank so, what happened Landon. was I was pulling this up before we watched the movie and I hadn't watched this in a while so i couldn't remember who was important and who wasn't and i was like i'm gonna skip him because i don't know if he's just like a big name now and he wasn't important in the movie turns out he was important in the movie made that as a note to myself uh -huh. clearly it didn't work caleb eberhart as landon there we go caleb eberhart eberhart cue the imogen poots how to pronounce her name for everybody imogen poots imogen poots imogen poots that's ruined us. It's ruined us, and it's not her fault, and I feel bad for her, but all I can do anytime I see her is go, Imogen Poots. Imogen, Imogen Poots. It's just the way he says it. All right, Travis. Yeah. It's time for our favorite game. Budget, budget or butter. Well, we're dealing with Blumhouse, so I already know the answer. It's okay. Bug Ted. Okay, okay. Um, upper, lower end. I'd say it's probably lower. I don't okay. think it's that that high up. Uh, five million. Okay, so it's like right there in the mid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not too bad. That's that kind of a trick question. I'm sorry. That's okay. I was picturing <laughs> more like three mil. Okay. Something like that. Well, it made 4.2 during its opening box office weekend nice. and an 18.5 million gross. Wow, that's kind of small. But you know what? That's still making a profit. That's what they do. I'm fucking furious about this because this is... Rude. It is blatant. Mm. The rating is 3.5. 3.5? No fucking way. No, this movie doesn't deserve that. It doesn't deserve that, and it got it for one very real reason. I'd say, I know what you're talking about, but I think people are also pissed with it just being called Black Christmas. All I right. I think that upsets people. Sorry. I've pulled three movies. Okay. Also from 2019, that I've also seen a lot of um, mixed opinions of online not necessarily in the ratings, but like in online discussion, mm -hmm. but that I personally enjoyed. Okay. So I'm down with this. <laughs> this sounds good. Uh, the first one is Us. Okay. That was released March 22nd, 2019. 
a budget of twenty million because Jordan Peele showed his worth. He like came in immediately. He's yes. like, "Yo, sophomore film, give me that shit." Uh, well, you know, it was a good bet because it made two hundred fifty-six million. Damn, I didn't yeah. know it did that well. It's got a six point eight out of ten on IMDb. Best part of that movie is uh, Tim Heidecker <laughs> when he's like chasing me, like slicks his hair back and just has a smile. <laughs> okay, um, second movie, mm-hmm. *Brightburn*. Oh, God, I forgot about that movie. It doesn't... Well, listen, it's nothing that I'm actively seeking out to watch again, but it was fine to watch, and a lot of people really fucking hated it. I'm not familiar with the source material, so I just uh, enjoyed it, was it for what it was. Oh, it was original? Yeah, it was I thought it, it had. I thought it was based on something. No, that was, that was made for that. The right way there. people acted like it was ruining their childhood hopes and dreams. Well, that's just kind of the natural response to superhero films. But okay. yeah, no, they were kind of building at the end of that movie. Spoilers, I guess, if you don't want to have this ruin, like an evil Justice League, because they had like people from mm. like DC characters with similar powers. There. Okay. There's supposed to be a sequel, actually. Well, I generally enjoyed it. Yeah, I, like I, said, okay. I probably won't like watch it again anytime soon, but yeah. I didn't hate it the way a lot of people did. No, I, I, I don't feel it. like it murdered my whole family. No, it was fine. Uh, it's <laughs> just it's a perfectly fine movie. Yeah. Uh that was released May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Six million dollar budget, thirty three point two million dollar worldwide gross, and an IMDB score of six point one. Wow, okay. Um, third movie, and I'm just realizing that we saw all of these in theaters. Yeah. Um Forget about that. The third movie you don't like. No? So I know it's divisive in this house alone. Uh, the Dead Don't Die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> that We'll save that for another day. Yeah. Uh, that was released <laughs> June 14th, 2019. Couldn't find a budget, but it did make $15.3 and has a 5.5 out of 10. Wow. So. That movie will... It wins in one thing, and it's the, the scene car. of Adam Driver driving up in his smart car. <laughs> and it's played <laughs> so seriously. <laughs> I love that. I respect that movie just for that alone. Okay. I only have one tagline. Oh, What is it? Slay it, girls. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have a lot of background information from this, and this is actually mostly coming from, actually, it's all coming from an interview that... April Wolf and Sophia Tikal did. They guested on this ends at prom's first inaugural Black Christmas. They did theirs in the opposite order of us, basically. They started with 2019, then did 2006, then 1974. Ours was random. I was thinking yeah. about that earlier today. We oh, started. Wait, with, we did start with 2006, didn't we? Well, we started with 2006 because we had we, it. Uh, well, we had it, <laughs> but that was whenever we were going to originally have Robert Atone on the show, and he had to reschedule last oh, minute. Yeah. So, so we, we were just, just like, uh, uh, Black yeah, Xmas. Scrambled, yeah. Because <laughs> we just bought it that year. We got the, like the uh, DVD of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I um, I listened to that episode a while back because obviously it was released three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I re listened to it today to get some more of their back, just to be refreshed on their background information. And it's a really fantastic episode. I mean, I know I've plugged their show multiple times, but uh, this episode especially is really fantastic and gives a lot of insight into their, like, creative process and the process that they were kind of put through based on the circumstances with Blumhouse. So basically what happened is Blumhouse acquired the title Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. They reached out to Sophia to call. They said, hey, we want you to direct this. It can be about whatever you want. Only catch has to be ready for release in time for Christmas. And they told her it was going to be Black Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. She knew the name right away. The title is Black Christmas, but you can write about whatever you want. So she was kind of led to believe that it was title only 
she could do whatever. Mm-hmm. So she gives him a script about three middle-aged women. And Blumhouse is like, actually, no. Um, not we, we were not serious when we said whatever <laughs> yeah. you want. Uh, yeah. You do need to still have sorority women being targeted and killed. Um, she did also kind of briefly flirt with the idea of a script she'd been sitting on for a little bit about kind of a school shooting and the shooter is like an incel type guy. And then she was like, I just don't know that this is the right time mm. in events in what is going on in the that. world yeah. to do that. And especially because she had very little time to do this. She had like a month to get started shooting. When did this start? So um, I'm not sure exactly when. I don't have like the timeline of like in terms of this month. But less this than month. a year. Yeah, no, she was like, it was sometime in the summer she was approached. Like she had oh, wow. a very short amount of time to get this done. So she was, okay. yeah. So she ended up writing a very straightforward slasher. She was not happy with it. So she reached out to April Wolf, who she knew had experience with horror movies. And they both agreed that, because um, this was in the era of Trump, Brent Kavanaugh being sworn into the Supreme Court, um, they just didn't want to write a movie about a bunch of women being tortured and murdered. Um that's not the movie they wanted to make. So, you know, they kind of put their heads together and they took some of the elements from the original Black Christmas, you know, with, you know, instead of the phone calls, they're getting the text Text. messages. Um, You know, obviously we do have some elements within the house, but they also incorporated like some, some teen girl movie tropes. You know, if you think about their talent show, what does it make you think of? Mean Girls? Yes, very intentionally it was meant to do that. They're trying to take some of these tropes and either make homages or reimaginings of them or turn them on their heads. Okay. Um, And the other thing that I know a lot of people get worked up about is the supernatural element. It never bothered me and it never bothered me for the exact reason (laughs) that it's written in because the supernatural element isn't what's scary about this movie. It's not what's meant to be scary about this movie. How these women are being treated is what's scary about this movie. Um, The whole reason they put in the supernatural element is they were kind of trying to show that embodiment of misogyny and her April Wolf's quote was that misogyny feels so old, so heavy, and so inescapable. And so they kind of tied it akin to like the dark arts, you know, it's just there, it's part of it and you have to deal with it and work around with it. And sometimes you succumb to it and sometimes you're fighting against it. So that's where that idea came from. But that was never meant to be the scary part of the story. Right. Um, the excessive mayonnaise scene was planned with the security guard. Um, they kept wanting more mayonnaise. They kept wanting the sound <laughs> turned up on it. Dude, it was meant imagine. to be as gross as possible. Just imagine like the director, more mayonnaise, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep shouting. That I would love to see the behind the scenes of that. Well, and um, another fun little thing about that is that they shot in New Zealand and apparently New Zealand doesn't have mayonnaise packets. What? So they had to work you know really what? hard to source mayonnaise I packets. I respect that. Mayonnaise is fucking nasty. They also didn't have menorahs and they were trying to throw in a couple of elements like that um and it was really hard for them to get menorahs to use wow so and they said that their props master was just absolutely fantastic in making that happen for them so he made it look like mayo she she oh right right sorry um let's see so there was also a lot of really interesting discussion about we talk about men writing women characters all the time she moved boobily down the stairs right yes um you know and they had some discussion about we don't really want to do the same thing, but we kind of did the same thing. Like, you know, we we uh, 
not not in that headspace of what it's like to be this type of man. And also we're trying to portray them as a bad guy. And they're like, if you think about it, we just have this one fraternity and they all look exactly the same. They are the bad guy. You are not supposed to sympathize with the Deeks. You're not supposed to like be like, but they have a point though. And they say if you you know, are identifying with and trying to defend the Deeks, you need to probably take a little bit of a deeper look as Mm. to why you feel that way. And um, they did point out that there was some other dimensionality in other characters, like the security guard even, because he thinks he's a good guy. You know, he's trying to defend the greater good, but he's just like blind to what this person who's saying, like, I need help is actually going through. We've got Nate, the boyfriend, who, you know, is kind of trying to fight all of this, but he's not really understanding either and then we've got Landon who's like a sweet little guy but he doesn't realize how he comes across as creepy just lingering in the cafe all the time and it takes him years to say hello you know so you've got that dimensionality there but Sophia Tikal did say that she wishes you know and this was more on a directing part for from her end that she had like given a little bit of more dimensionality in other ways Um, and she was like yeah, probably we're a little bit two dimensional for some of the male characters um, and I'm sure that people feel pissed off like that a lot of times like how women feel pissed off at being two-dimensional characters <laughs> so kind of like a not great but you know it, you know this is the the story that they ended up telling um she did say that april wolf wrote some really great like succinct descriptions for the characters that way you knew exactly what type they were um like one of the fraternity brothers i'm not sure exactly which one he is his name is phil he was described in the script as wear shorts in the winter. Wear shorts in the winter. And you know yeah. exactly, you hear that and you know exactly who that guy is. Yep, I do. So I know a guy like that. Exactly. <laughs> we all know a guy like mm. that. <laughs> um, they were also very intentional about not coding women as men, like you see in a lot of final girls. Um, but they do have to take on some of those, like, quote unquote, male coded characteristics at the end because in order to survive in the man's world you have to kind of adapt to it that's what they said characteristics um when you think about like it's just like the different ways that women can be coded in horror movies so a lot of different writing things okay um they wanted to make sure that these women were very they didn't want to shy away from femininity with them you know what i mean right um and the PG-13 rating actually happened after shooting. April Wolf was always advocating for more and more violence, but um, they decided that they wanted to be able to reach a wider audience. And after some testing, they ended up going with a PG-13 rating. And that actually ended up eliminating even more gore than a PG-13 might typically because there is very candid discussion about sexual assault. Ah, uh, yeah. And as soon as that comes up, that immediately takes away some of your quota of what else you can include. Mm -hmm. And finally, last fun fact I have about this is that uh, April Wolf said she was in the audience and after the movie was over, she reached out to her um, representative or manager or whatever and was like, we're going to be Jennifer bodied. Jennifer's bodied. You know, in in 10 years, people are going to be like, wow, this movie didn't get the respect that it deserved Uh when it came out. And I fully see that happening that's fair yeah yeah it's uh what is it, four years now yeah, yeah. so I guess it's six more years yeah maybe it's getting there who yeah. knows so that's a lot of my background information again if you want to go listen to that full interview i highly recommend it so okay cool time for background stuff or not background uh, that was background <laughs> <laughs> time how much more do you want <laughs> time for 
discussion. Yes. All right, yeah. Travis. What do you think is good about this movie? I like the camera work in this movie. Okay. I like the way that it, like the shots are framed. I like the zooms, the slow zooms in, the slow zooms out. Um, I like that one shot where it's just like a one shot of um, Franny roaming the oh hallways. Oh my God, yeah. That whole scene is yeah. amazing. It's all, it's filmed really well. I'm yeah. impressed, especially since they were on such like a short time frame mm -hmm. that they were able to pull this type of stuff off. I feel like they have a lot of well done moments with the killer. Mm -hmm. uh, they have some good scares. I don't yeah. know, like that scene right there is pretty scary. Like, uh, it's also kind of like a homage to Exorcist. Oh yeah, it's 3. it was very intentional homage to Exorcist. 3. Yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah, but I love there, that the, well, I mean, there's no way you can miss that. No, no it's one it's of the so most obvious, one yeah. of the most iconic shots in history. Yeah, if you try and recreate it, and I think they did a really good job. I of, think so too of getting that same feeling. Yeah, because it does just come out of nowhere. You're like. <gasps> I don't like in a good way. I think that this movie like can sometimes be a little cheesy. Oh no, they wanted that. Yeah, they 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 realized that their tone was kind of. I'm glad all that over that was place. intentional because yeah. like I I like just watching this. It's kind of a cheesy movie. Like the dialogue, especially like that stuff, kind of like I don't know. Some of it's so over the top. And they're both <laughs> fans of the 1974 and the 2006. Okay. So they really. You know, we're incorporating elements of both of them. That's so, cool. That's yeah. good to know. And that that cheesiness, that campiness from two thousand six. That yeah. <laughs> that's true. It is very very campy and cheesy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's my stuff. Okay. What about you? Um. Okay. So one of the other things that I didn't mention in the background is that this movie they knew that it was angry. They knew that it was angry, and they knew that it was mostly going to be for women. Um, not necessarily only women, you know, other people can be angry about the stuff included in this right. too, but they didn't really care if, you know, the deke type of dude watching this movie got pissed off. Like they knew that it was going to get backlash from that and did they were in fact correct. Did she, uh, are they called deeks because it sounds like dick? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't know if that was like an actual fraternity name or not. No, I'm sure it was one of those that they were coming up with a different... Um, just like a different, random assortment. Yeah, different okay. grouping of letters. That way they don't get sued. Um, and then I I can think of a few fraternities off the top of my head that like will do that kind of nicknamey for their chapter. And Deke just it made sense. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I like that this movie is angry in the way that it is, which I didn't necessarily immediately go angry i was just like yeah no this is the kind of bullshit that people have to deal with uh, mostly women but you know mm -hmm. not not exclusively women um and hearing them say that it was angry i was like well i guess maybe it is angry and i like that it's not subtle because i think that sometimes we can't be subtle with things and i think a lot about how um we don't say we don't always say the quiet part out loud and that leaves people to not know that the quiet part exists mm -hmm. if that makes sense um, because there was a lot of really bad takes that I had personally um, until I got exposed to a wider range of experiences and education and I realize now that those were kind of asshole takes on my part and I've done my best to learn and grow and I'm always continually trying to learn and grow since then so that way I don't cause further harm but thinking about some of the shit that I believed and said when I was younger 
it probably did cause harm to some people. If they heard me say that and they thought I was going to be somebody that would be in their corner and I wasn't at that time and I can't take away that hurt, but I can go forward and try and do better. And maybe this movie could be a wake up call from somebody because it's being very explicit that like rape isn't somebody jumping out at you from a back alley. You know, rape culture isn't just saying like, I'm okay with rape. It's more like people being like, no, there's no way. This guy's my friend. He would never roofie you and assault you. You definitely yeah. like, you were definitely flirting with him at the party. You know, it's being very explicit that there are women out there who will condone this behavior. And just because a, whim, a woman says it's okay doesn't mean that they're necessarily looking out for anybody's interests. You know, it's, and that's, Helena is a good exemplification of why we need to be so blunt about this stuff sometimes, why we need to be so unsubtle, because you get women in that mindset of like, well, I'm just, you know, I just want to be, I want to do the right thing. And all of these men in charge are saying that this is the way I should behave. And maybe they're right after all. And then you're led into that line of thinking and exposure to different ideas is, you know, a good I'm I'm losing the plot and Talia's distracting me with her barking. Um, anyway, what I'm saying is that sometimes it's just really good to say out loud directly and explicitly what problems there are and what problems exist. And even if you've got a bunch of people downvoting you to oblivion, giving you one star ratings on IMDb that, you know, there are people out there who will appreciate your message because you're saying what they've desperately been trying to find the words to say, or maybe because you've got somebody to start thinking in a different kind of way so they can start learning, they can start being a better person, and they can start fighting for these people um, that need to be fought for. And I really like that about this movie. So um, that's a big part of what stands out to me about it. Well said. Thank you. That was very well said. I don't think it was. Um, <laughs> I had like all of these great points that I was thinking about earlier and it, none of it came out the way I wanted it to. Well, that's okay. It can come out through <laughs> discussion of the movie. Talia was rally. I think you got her riled up out there. She, you know, she wanted to be a part of it. Um, okay. Bad Kind of like the, what I said about the dialogue before, I think it can be a little bad sometimes. Like that line where uh, he's like, uh, that's just the father letting you out your, uh, your true alpha. Like that right there is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, so. I can't tell, like, I guess if it is cheesy, I guess that's what they're going for. But like, it's just so weird. It is cheesy and it is kind of cringy. But then also I have literally read so much shit like that on the internet. People well, do type yeah. out those words unironically. That's true. That is true. It's just yeah. It, and that's these. That's what these guys are. It's hard not to take it. It's hard to take it serious. You know what I mean. But like, I guess yeah. I guess I could see that. Um, the only other thing I have is like, it doesn't feel like Black Christmas. But then I kind of like thought about it earlier today because that's something I wrote last night after watching it. And um, I don't know. I guess I can like notice some of the similarities a little bit more now. Yeah, like the phone thing, like it's not phone calls, it's sex messages, which, you know, I prefer the phone calls, but I get it. You're adapting to like the current time, you know, like it, it makes sense to do it that way. I made the mistake of answering a phone call earlier and it was a spam call. Um, and I'm like, man, this is why I don't answer phone calls. <laughs> so the the text messaging thing, it's a lot harder to ignore a text message even if you just swipe it away. Yeah. Um, whereas a phone call, you can just be like, I'm not answering that. No, I I can see it. And there was a guy that uh, shared something in uh, whenever I was asking for reviews on Twitter. Uh, 
I can't remember what it is. I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, he like wrote an article comparing like giving all the similarities between the three, all three iterations of them. I didn't have time to read that today. I read it. It was actually pretty well done. There were some things in there like uh, one of the running themes throughout the whole series is problematic men like that is yeah. like an actual thing in all three movies yes absolutely like i didn't really is. consider that before i was like oh shit you know what that because like peter in the first one and mm-hmm. the caller even you know the caller especially the caller especially yeah those are uh kind of uncomfortable times sometimes <laughs> yeah no they are always uncomfortable those calls are always uncomfortable and that's they're meant to be uncomfortable yeah exactly uh but you so still I'm, I'm i think i'm gonna like retract that one a little bit okay that are written. I like so when we first saw the movie, I was like, yeah, no, it's not. It doesn't really feel like a remake of Black Christmas. And then I was like, well, no, actually, it touched upon a lot of the same things, like the same themes of you know, like women just having to deal with this fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of what the 1974 one. It's was. always it's like heavy shit in both of them too. Like you know. Uh, a dude trying to force an abortion, mm-hmm. and then you know, no, 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 no. She wanted the abortion. He oh was no, trying right, to, right, yeah. Uh, trying to force her to keep the baby. Yeah, I got it mixed up. And um, yeah, in this one, it's the whole like sexual assault, rape mm-hmm. situation. Uh, Two thousand six. There's like a little bit there too. I, th- I don't think it's revenge as- porn. Yeah, yeah, the revenge porn. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, dude, the dad from Scream Queens. Yeah. Who's Kate Hudson's brother, we learned today. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we watched multiple things with him now and only learned that today thanks to a random For You post on Reddit. It's uh, <laughs> funny. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but no. So, yeah, like I was saying, I kind of flipped from saying, oh, I can see why, you know, people feel that this doesn't really belong. And then I was like, no, actually, I feel like it does belong. And then I was taking it even a step further today when I was thinking about it, which is... What do you want from a remake? What do people really want from a remake? What would you want from a remake in Black Christmas? Do you want it to tell the exact same story or do you want it to utilize some of the similar themes and motifs and kind of make a story of its own, adapt it for modern times? And we can't negate, as much as I love the 1974, this one was written and directed by women and it has a very different feel to it because of that, because it's so much more of a lived experience. and it's all these people out there that are mad about it. I'm just like, what did you want from it? You know what I mean? And did they want like a bloodier, gorier version of the 1974? Where's the fun in that? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think blood and gore is fun, but like, do we need that to just be like, you know, recycled over and over again? Or do we want to have like kind of a different take on it? I guess it depends on like, you know, like I don't think there's anything wrong with people wanting that type of thing because that's kind of how I am with Halloween. Like I don't want it to like deviate too far from the formula. You know, like I'm happy with just like a normal basic Halloween. Like whenever you get freaky with it, like Halloween ends, that's when I kind of get like a little bit of mm, not feeling it as much. But this one right here, I feel like it has like enough that's close to it. But I think like having at least a Billy would be fun. Have one of the like uh, pledges be Billy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could, you know, you can make can it be yeah. a thing at least. Yeah. You can still keep everything the same. Just like put, make Billy there. Make, give it a Billy. And then Agnes maybe too. Okay. Ugly. Uh, did I even say my bad? I thought you did. I thought that was your bad. No, I was just kind of discussing it with you. Oh, no. Okay. Well, then what's yours? <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I think um, I appreciate what they're saying about 
the Deeks being more of a villain archetype, but I do wish that maybe if we had seen a little bit more dimensionality in them also, it might tell a slightly more interesting story, not in that this doesn't hit all of the beats that I wanted it to hit, but in that like it would go even further to make the point that like, um, you know, people that condone rape culture and participate in rape, rape culture and contribute to rape culture come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. Yeah. Misogyny and patriarchy comes in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. And That's they true. do get some of that, you know, as I already discussed in some of the background information. But I think if we had some of that thrown in with the Deeks too, yeah. that would help I with that, that message. I think you're right, yeah. Well, I guess you kind of get a, like a little bit of it with uh, Larry Gordon, a doctor. He's kind of like a little bit of like a different type of dude, and he's Whereas a Whereas I referred to him in my notes, <laughs> Professor Gelson, a doctor of dude. patriarchy. No, I did. <laughs> uh, Larry Gordon, a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got him. Like, he's like, he's one of them, and he is a little bit more multidimensional, you know? Like, he's, a, he's a, a creepy on multiple levels. Yeah, and he's definitely the mouthpiece of like, Oh, what? So now I can't even compliment a woman anymore without getting in trouble? But the type of compliment he does is like slap her on the ass or say like, hey, uh, you're looking extra perky today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, ugly. Uh, I feel like the ugly is like very, very obvious in this movie. <laughs> a lot of it? Um, the um, a blame, lot of it? Let's yeah. just say a lot of it. <laughs> the blatant misogyny, um, the rape shit, the sexual assaults. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's all pretty much like right there, like in your face ugly. It's very... It does. It's not shy about being ugly. That's yep. true. Yep. Um. They're pretty upfront with what the ugly that they're trying to confront yeah. in this movie is. Mm -hmm. So. Um. And absurd. Absurd. I have the woman in the opening getting stabbed and killed and managing to find the time to make a snow angel. <laughs> I think she was more just like ah. It was so beautiful though. It was like the perfect <laughs> snow angel. Like, you have to put effort into getting it like that. There's no way that's a fluke. Okay. What about you? Um, Franny putting the pad on without having to take off her pants at all. Listen, that's not... <laughs> that's... I just feel like that's going to be tricky. Um, you're going to have to have a lot of practice with that. And if you've been using a Diva Cup for a while, you're going to be out of practice with that. She just, like, did it right in front of her, too. Like... No shame. I just... There's, like... There's adhesives involved. Like, you always have to position it just right because those things are always like scrunching up, twisting around. Um, yeah, that's like honestly my most uncomfortable moment in the movie. So I'm like, Franny, come on. Gotta get, get yourself situated, get yourself right. I'm concerned about you. Poor it's friend. like if it. It's like all of the people that get killed on the toilets in Friday the 13th and were like, my man, did you not wipe? You know how you're always concerned about that? Chuck. I feel concerned about Franny. Demon. <laughs> I get um, it. The, the guy in part two, I think, the beginning of part two or part three. Mm, it's the beginning of part three. Yeah, yeah. The, the shop yeah, owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Because he dies in 3D. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, time to rate. Mm-hmm. Um... I think for this, I'd give it like a 7.5. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. So we have a starting average of 8, which I feel Solid. like is a lot more fair for this movie. <laughs> yeah, very true. 
It starts off with a quote from a fictional man, but could very realistically be a quote from a real man. Oh, that was fictional? I thought that that was going to be real. Okay. Did you not see who the quote was by? Hawthorne. I thought that they like based it off of like a real dude or something. I'm certainly certain that this man is fictional, considering you know they put all the dark arts shit onto him, and they'd probably get in trouble for... Yeah. That'd be hilarious if they did that to a real dude, though. <laughs> uh, the quote is, man possesses powers so formidable they can only be considered supernatural. With the proper education, men can wield these powers and go forth in the world. Calvin Hawthorne, founder of Hawthorne College, 1819. And then we kind of get some you know, opening credits stuff with mm-hmm. chanting and a shot of a bust in a ritual room and fire. Then we see some sorority sisters exchanging gifts and putting out some charcuterie boards. Yeah. Um, I man, the one thing I regret about going to college when I did is that the charcuterie board craze hadn't hit yet. Um, I just got party platters. I didn't get any of these cute little charcuterie boards. And who am I gonna make a charcuterie board for now? The two of us, we don't even eat the same kind of snacks. Nah, times pass. It's not happening anymore. It's such a disappointment. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> They're trying to find Lindsay, uh, who is actually headed to the lot, and she says that she's trying to get an early start out. Um, There's somebody behind her, and she's getting a little creeped out, especially because she starts getting some anonymous messages on an app called Yip Yap. Yip Yap. From an account listed as Calvin Hawthorne, and they are gross threats. Isn't, well, okay, I guess if it's like a social media app, it makes sense that the name would pop up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's kind of like... um, Oh, God, what was the app that was popular in colleges for a while where you could post, like, the anonymous messages? Um, I know WhatsApp was a thing a lot, too. I'm not sure. There was some app I'm thinking of. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, she gets a little bit freaked out, and she puts her keys between her knuckles, ready to fight if she needs to. And then the man goes the other way, and she kind of breathes a sigh of relief until there's a man in a mask and a robe. A man in a mask and a robe. And a bump and a log in the hole in the bottom of the seat. With a cape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she freaks out and she runs over to the nearest house and she's like pounding on the door and asking to be let in. But the man has disappeared. And she's like, oh, okay. But she still, you know, is like knocking because she's like, I don't know where the guy went. He's just not actively going to stab me. The door opens and wouldn't you know it. It's the guy. It's another man in a mask and a robe. I'm right here. And a bump and a log in the hole in the bottom of the seat. <laughs> And here's an ice pick. And he <laughs> it's it's not icicle. an ice pick. It's an icicle. icicle. Okay, whatever. Those are two very different things. Okay, true. Okay, icicle. He grabs an icicle, and then he pins her down in the front yard and stabs her to death. Mm-hmm. And she makes a very beautiful snow angel. It is a very beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. This is a good opening kill. I yeah. like it a lot. Then we cut to a different sorority house. And Riley follows one of the most important girl code rules that exists, which is... Say it with me, ladies in the audience. If your worst enemy asks you in the bathroom for a spare tampon or pad, you give it to her. It's just its just one of the things you do. Most of the rest involve making sure that um, your friends aren't assaulted. Very understandable. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the unfortunate, um, <laughs> yeah. unfortunate way girl code is written. Someone talks to her about this performance about her singing in her past. And I think this is Helena, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, 
trying to get her to take her place in the talent show that night. And Riley kind of makes up some bullshit about this magic comb that her sister gave her. And it got her voice back just in time for that big performance. And then her friend Jesse calls her out after Helena leaves. <laughs> yeah, like she was that. like, I gave that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they are having their orphans dinner tomorrow night, which is just the people that are left behind on break are having their dinner together, which what a nice thing that they can stay on campus over break because if you didn't have a home to go to um in our college if you were shit out of luck the dorms shut down yeah that's the well they're living off campus right yeah sorority house yeah but still mm -hmm. uh, it it made it seem like it was a thing like campus resources were still going to be available throughout winter break oh okay especially because like they were the still doing things there. like go yeah the cop is there they're going to the library yeah. things like that were true, happening true. uh then she cuts to class professor gelson a doctor, it. A doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he. Oh god, this whole fucking thing. I wrote a lot of notes on just this scene right here. Um, he is reading some passage about basically how women suck and men rule, um, and has somebody analyze it specifically calls on Riley who says, you know, I think that the writer is saying that women think with their instinct and men think with their heads. And he's saying that women have to live in a man's world, whether they like it or not. And he goes, Hmm, interesting that you said he, this was actually written by a woman as though women can't also be misogynistic. That's what I was talking about at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at some of these people on, mm, you know what? I'm not. You all know who I'm talking about. You know some of the. You know some of the women I'm thinking about. Um, and he's saying yes. Um, it is quite unfortunate that some people want to have this have me dismissed from the school because my syllabus happens to contain a bunch of white men. But that is what the classics are. And Chris brings this up later, and I want to bring it up now because I hate when people pull this fucking argument. She says, whose classics are they? Who decided that these were classics? Do you think perhaps it was people that looked like the people that wrote these things that we decided were classics? Because yeah, it's did. not like there weren't other writers out there. You know, it's just like whenever people are like, oh, well, such and such group scores better on such and such test. I took multiple classes on this in grad school that um, the people developing the test need to be testing it for different populations to make sure that it's going to be valid for different populations. If you only cater it to one culture, of course it's going to be like culture is such a huge thing. <sighs> Anyway, um, his argument is bullshit. Yeah. Like, he's just like, well, obviously. Yeah, when you have a country that was founded that only white land-owning males can have any kind of rights, of course they're going to be the ones that get, you know, renowned in literature. You can't say that they earned their title as the classics. Yeah. Never thought about it. Anyway. Um this was actually a petition that was started by Chris, who successfully petitioned to get Calvin Hawthorne's bust removed because he is a sexist and a racist. And why are we keeping his bust out front, even though he's the founder of this school? I like how like the sign is kind of like shaming them for getting it yeah. banned. Like, uh, it was removed due to students uh, yeah, protesting. Yeah, they didn't have to leave the empty case there. They like, yeah. can move the case, too. They put a sign there, too. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> okay, I know what you're going for here. 
And she's basically saying, like, we have to call this shit out and we can't let men get away with everything. And I like the character of Chris because she's complex and she's flawed because she is constantly pushing people to be as upfront and as loud and as feisty as she is. And it's great that she is capable of fighting these things, but trying to force Riley to confront her trauma in the way that Chris wants her to is not inherently a great thing and it can Mm -hmm. be great to have somebody in your corner that's encouraging you to do things encouraging you to fight but there's a big difference between encouraging and pushing yeah um and they even said that she wasn't meant to be like a stand-in for them as writers like she's just a character she is a flawed character and i think that's one of the great things about the writing of these main characters is that they are complex right yeah um there is a nice guy in the cafe he is a bit kind of creepy because he's just like he's dropping in on their conversation See, and then... i was i was confused at first because i thought that he was part of the group you know because he kind of like acts <laughs> like he is yeah yeah he's just yeah he just kind of like slides right in there is just pretending to be part of them or something what a weird moment to finally get up the nerve to try and talk to this girl that you've been staring at every day. I know. Like, oh, I'm going to sign this petition that your friends are pushing you to sign because you were raped. It's, it's, I mean, and it's like. That's weird. It's nice that he's like, I agree with what you're doing here. And I think you got a bad deal. Those are nice sentiments. It's just like a really weird time. And it's kind of like read the room a yeah, little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Brian Huntley is going to be at DKO dance tonight. So that sucks because Brian Huntley is the man who raped Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, we find this out because one of the DKO brothers is in the cafe and makes a point of saying that. And uh, also makes a bunch of really gross consent jokes. Dude, yeah. That, I hate this guy. Whenever he did that, I was like, no fucking way. I you didn't just guy. say that shit. It's so over the top, man. These guys are so just like outwardly like terrible people. Um, So we've got backstage, pre-show. Um, Nate, a.k.a. Smoosh. Smoosh. He is kind of a nice boyfriend. He's hanging out with the girl, with the women. Mm-hmm. He is... Uh, you know, taking their pictures. He's, you know, coach in the corner, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just yeah. chilling. Yeah. You don't get a lot of him, but you're kind of like, okay, I, he seems like he's not too fragile to be sitting back there and talking to them, knowing what their plans are. Yeah. Riley goes to look for Helena because she has disappeared, and she disappeared to the bar. She's drank a lot, um, so Riley's concerned for her. While she's looking for her, she sees some ritual happening and a pledge almost breaking the bust of Calvin Hawthorne, which got moved to this fraternity because not only was he the founder of the college, he's the founder of their fraternity. Mm-hmm. It's wild how much shit she stumbles upon Accident, in this one like little Like literally stumbles upon. Like she does this and like stumbles upon that. She nopes the fuck out of there after seeing that. And then yeah. she immediately but opens the next really door. It's really important that she learns that if you break this bust, if you bust the bust, if you will, then mm-hmm. this is all over. And she also sees black goo on the door handle That's and doesn't true, yeah. immediately go wash her entire body. Yeah. <laughs> she hears Helena and Helena is like very drunk. Some guy's over top of her and she's saying, no, wait. And so Riley is like, hey, Helena. Instead of like, she takes, she takes an indirect path, but she takes what could be considered a safer path. Um, because this guy gets aggro very quickly. Because if she was to come in and be like, hey, dude, she said no, this guy would definitely get up in her face. Probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's this thing of why women can't ever just directly say no because we have to be afraid for our lives. Um, 
instead she's like hey helena the they want to go over the dance one more time so let's go and the guy is just like he is like she fucking wants it man like yeah and i know you wanted it too so and this was like her taking the gentler way of interrupting so yeah it's uh the, the guy's pretty problematic right there yeah yeah he leaves Riley and Helena talk, and um, Helena throws up a lot, and Riley says she'll let the rest of them down easy for her, and she puts her in an Uber, and I want to know what clothes she was wearing, because Riley walks into this dressing room area that they're in with Helena's costume <laughs> yeah so i want to know when i want to know what she was wearing when she got put in the uber where did she get the change of clothes maybe they swapped well, no, no because then yeah because then riley would already be wearing the costume <laughs> so they convince her to do the dance in helena's place because she's been coaching them with the choreography for weeks they kind of like guilt trip her hard into doing it yeah they really do and that's what i'm saying like chris is well-intentioned but she is not really thinking through what she is doing to her friend. Yeah, and she's so clearly uncomfortable too. She is so blinded by her own idea of what she thinks is the right approach that she's not considering what this might mean for Riley. So were they gonna do this song without her? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and it's um, it's been said that some of the other sororities are like doing um, like a protest by just not showing up to this event at all. And um, they haven't, their particular sorority hasn't been able to get out of it. I'm assuming it's one of those things where it's like part of, like they have to participate in so many events as part of Greek life. Okay. Because um, charters and stuff like that are kind of intense. Yeah. So they go out there and they do this little rendition of Up on the Housetop and they call a spade a spade and say, hey, this is what rape is and this is what happens in this house a lot. And Travis, if you will do me a great favor and plug the song in here, right here. Put it right there. Up in the frat house, me and you, and you know what I'm there to do. We're drinking and kissing, what comes next? You and I have S-C-X. I didn't know, ho, ho, ho. I didn't know, yes, up in the frat house, one true fact. Up in the frat house, shit went down. And I'm telling everyone in town, I didn't lead you on for goodness sake. I couldn't have cause I wasn't awake. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Yes, up in the frat house, click, click, click. What you guys do in here is sick. No, he said, she said, what was true? Don't say that this was my fault. Cause what you did is called assault. Yeah. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Yes, up in the frat house, click, click, click. You slip me a roofie and then you're <laughs> So Riley panics for a minute right before she starts singing because she sees Brian Huntley in the back and then she finds her voice she steps up she sings her part we get jeers and cheers i'll let you figure out what group is predominantly doing the jeering and what mm. group is predominantly doing the cheering <laughs> they run out as soon as they're done and nice guy landon follows them introduces himself to riley he was there as like 
DJ? Yeah, he, yeah, he was like lending his sound gear yeah. to them or something. He's the AV club. Yeah, He's pretty a much. Little nerd, little nerd boy. Yeah, he's about to uh, go back in there because that's his shit. They've invited him to go out with them, mm-hmm. and then he's like, you know, fuck it, I'll go with you guys. Yeah. So he ditches. They received a group text from Helena full of misspelled words, and Helena, I feel ya. I feel ya. (laughs) They think she's safe, so they're all ready to just go and get some cake. And Riley and Landon are flirting, and Helena is packing. She's still sick, still throwing up. Mm -hmm. And she gets um, some of those Hawthorne texts, and there's a masked person in her room. And we just see the door close. Riley's having a nightmare flashback to what happened three years ago Mm -hmm. with Brian Huntley. She wakes up and she gets a text from a member of Delta Sig named Una. She is the person that we saw at the beginning of the movie who was trying to get a hold of Lindsay. Still concerned about Lindsay. She said her grandmother hasn't seen her and she was supposed to have gotten home last night. So we're all a little worried. And some of that gooey stuff that was at the deke house is now on Claudette the kitty cat. Oh, poor Claudette, man. Poor Claudette. And she's got such pretty white fluffy fur. She does, And yeah. that goo is just going to glob up. And you know, cats hate getting baths unless they're Scout. Is there Scout's a cat? kind of weird. Is there a cat in the first one? Yeah. In the first movie? Yeah, it's Miss. It's the um, house mother's okay, cat. Okay, so there's a cat in all yeah, three movies. Yeah, okay, yeah, good, good. I'm glad that that's consistent. So Franny's getting ready to leave. And Franny's the one who mostly takes care of Claudette. So she asks Riley to keep an eye on her and not overfeed her this mm-hmm. year gained so much weight last yeah. year when she left um everybody clears out because they gotta go get shit done it's the last day of the semester franny's getting her bags she's getting ready to go get a train then she hears a little distressed meow and she goes claudette and she's going to check for claudette make sure claudette's not stuck in a closet or has her paw caught under a refrigerator or doesn't have poop stuck in her butt and can't get it out. None of these are things that we have experience with our own cats. <laughs> no. Um, so she's looking around. Claudette's not anywhere. Claudette's just meowing because she's a cat and she wants to be an asshole and make Franny miss her train. And once Franny realizes that, she goes, Claudette, and she's about to go for one last kitty hug and she gets Exorcist 3. Boom. With uh, Christmas lights. lights. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that detail. That's a good touch. <gasps> it's, a, it's, a, it's a really well done homage. And especially like... It wasn't, it was a really nice like tracking shot throughout. So you knew yeah. something was going to happen, but I didn't expect the like, boom. Yeah, no, I didn't either. It, it was really, really well done. They did a good job with it. I love one shots when they work like that. Yeah. Our main group of friends are tree shopping. Riley starts getting anonymous text messages and then she gets an anonymous call that sounds. Like it might be a problem at first, but then the reception clears up and it's actually Helena's mom who says Helena hasn't made it home. And she's a little bit concerned and Riley's like, well, I thought she was supposed to be home last night, but let me make sure she didn't, you know, just decide to sleep in this morning. But when they get back to the house, Riley can't find her. She can't get a call to go through. Her phone's off. She's concerned between that and between Lindsay not making it home. And everybody's like... You know, maybe it was just a delayed train because of the snow. You know, Helena was pretty drunk. Mm-hmm. We don't even know the full situation with Lindsay. So Riley goes to what is some building that definitely has a library in it because she runs into Landon, who checked out some cheesy joke books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Getting prepped for mm-hmm. their uh, next meetup. 
Yes, um, which is, I think, kind of cute, honestly, because they've been telling like cheesy Christmas jokes to each other. Yeah. And she invited him to the orphan's dinner. And so he was going to get books to brush up on it. And (laughs) this is where she also like slightly accuses him of sending messages. And he's like, I don't even have social media. So like I could I could I could do it if that's important to you. Yeah. Um. And I was like, look at this man. You know, he's telling the truth. He's checking out knock knock books. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. He, yeah. Like you said, he's not using the internet. Like, <laughs> just come on, man. Um. But Riley's just kind of in a mood, and she needs to go talk to the security guard, and she's trying to explain her concerns. And this guy is just putting a pound of mayonnaise on his white bread and ham sandwich. So much mayonnaise, man. It's it is, so gross. It's upsetting. I hate this I so much. I can smell this sandwich and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> and he's just like doing this, half listening to her, like not really taking her seriously. And she's like, no, I'm getting threatening messages. And she tries to show the message and all he l- hones in on is who's landing. Yeah. And she's like trying to explain why she's concerned. She's like, you know, I've been attacked by one of these people before. We did something to kind of be a little bit, you know, up front, call them out on their bullshit. But now we're afraid we're getting some retaliation and two people have gone missing. Mm -hmm. You know, because we can't forget that one of the that Lindsay was from one of the sororities that like protested the entire event. So. Yeah, the guy doesn't take it serious, though. Very much like the cop from the first movie. And she eventually, like, is persistent enough that he at least goes to the Deke house. But he gives it, like, one knock, gets no answer, and he's like, eh, yeah, probably whatever, nothing. Yeah, whatever, done my job. Yep, just calls yeah. it in. And he's about to, like, get in the car and drive away, and then he's like, oh, uh, do you want to ride? Do, do you want to <laughs> yeah. ride? Uh, I would not want to ride with this dude. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I'm, yeah, I'm, going my, I'm taking my chances. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but she decides that she's going to try and, like, call Helena Helena, and, like, see if she can hear the phone mm-hmm. inside the house. Smart move. And instead, Professor Gelson's up behind her. They have a little, not a meet-cute, but, like, a meet-cute type moment where, you know, the papers all go fluttering and stuff, except it's gross because yeah. um, it's this who guy. he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and there's, like, a list of names, including and her friends. Yeah, that's creepy as fuck, man. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I was looking for my comb. I left it here last night after the talent show. Uh, and he's like, oh, well, I have the key because, of course, he's like the professor advisor to this chapter. He's an alum. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they pointed out like that they all look the same. Even Carrie Elwes looks like these guys. Yeah, like, like an itched up version. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's like trying to like find the right key and he mentions something about like that petition that her little friend is uh, posting around and then Riley kind of pauses and then he says something about oh and you might want to do something about that video he's like I mean obviously it's your right to have whatever you want on there I just hate to think of the legal consequences of that defamatory accusation at the end Mm -hmm. which is it a defamatory accusation if he did actually rape her no, mm. they would definitely try and do that. Oh, they, you know, would. they would absolutely. Yeah. So, she's upset and she heads back to the house. Meanwhile, back at the house, Smoosh is being kind of a grump in a not very cute way. Whereas he was very cute before the talent show, now he's like, 
whatever, I like beer and you're being a bitch. And so she's like, you need to leave. I couldn't tell at first if this was them just kind of being playful. You know what I mean? But then like after a while, it kind of got obvious that he was kind of being kind of aggressive. As soon as he says, you need to calm down, all bets are off, we're not talking, you're getting out of my house. Yeah. Also, whenever they're trying to like suggest games to play, he's like, that game's stupid. Like... Yeah. That's all you have to say about that? <laughs> like, on. calm down. Like, yeah. where's the nice guy that you were before? Yeah. And he snaps. He goes on this whole rant mm-hmm. about uh, men being treated unfairly and uh, not. He's like, like, men can't ever say their own opinion without being attacked. And it's like, read the fucking room. They're in their house. They're talking about issues that are important to them that affect them. And you're missing the entire point that men hold so much power in our society. And yes, you personally have generally been a nice guy. Not so much right now in this situation, but right now, but like, that's why you need to make the space to have these conversations happen. Listen to them, take in what's being said and think about how you can go forth and make a difference in the world instead of being like, but I'm not like that. Yeah. Obviously, Marty knows you're not like that or she wouldn't be dating you, you ding dong. Yeah, so she... uh <laughs> Like it gets super heated and she kicks him out. And I do want to say, like, it's possible to have these conversations without acting like this, because you and I have these conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't act like this. You're not a total ding dong, and you don't tell me to hey, calm down. I'm not all men. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where Riley comes in, and she is upset about the video, and she confronts Chris. She's like, "Did you watch the whole video?" Which watch the whole video before you post online i know right why would you not why would you like there's things that you might want to cut yeah exactly there's why do you think we edit these most of the time and announce ahead of time if we're not editing jesse she's a flawed character she is a flawed character (laughs) so jesse's like i'm gonna go look for some more christmas lights because when you guys fight it high key stresses me out (laughs) and i love that (laughs) line and i've used it multiple times since we first (laughs) saw this movie in 2019 i'm like this is how he's stressing me out. Yep. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> I'm letting y'all know up front right here. <laughs> and you can tell they've all been friends for a really long time. Like yeah. They're like their little <clears throat> core group since they were probably pledges together. I love this whole scene of her going up to the attic, though, because I think that this is probably one of the creepier moments. It's one of the creepier moments, and it's also like something that we've all done. Yeah. It's scary like, to be up in places like that. Scary to be up in places like that. She's testing all of these lights, and you just know what's going to happen. Mm. You just know what's going to happen. You don't but know it where it's going to happen. It doesn't make it any less stressful. Yeah. And she's trying the different lights, and none of them are working. And then she finally gets to one that does, and there's somebody uh, right there. It's so good. I love it. <sighs> Yeah, around that part, that's where Marty kind of... She throws Smoosh out of the house. Yes, kicked him out. Um, Chris replies to a direct message that she got from Calvin Hawthorne because we found out at this point that they've all received them. Yeah. And she tells this guy to suck her asshole. Um, <laughs> and that's when arrows start flying. And we, I kind of want to make like a series of graphs of the arrow to hoot and holler ratio i know man there's a lot of arrows in this movie and zero to to one hoot and holler i've been conditioned to where <laughs> like if an arrow gets shot on screen like i have to hear a hoot yeah like, I, it, I, it feels I, weird if i'm not it feels it. weird to see arrows flying on screen and they're being shot by somebody with all of their fingers i'm not even it. joking like it, it genuinely like how me. are you shooting your arrow like that <laughs> like that's part of like the form you know what i mean 
Man, you're gonna have a hard time when we watch Hunger Games together. Oh God, <laughs> there's that's another one. High arrow ratio, low hoot and holler <laughs> ratio. It's unfortunate. Let's see. That's Marty it. gets hit. They yes. all go run and hide in like their pantry. Marty's bleeding really bad, and they realize that they need a phone. So Riley decides to go down yeah, to get the phone. Riley's gonna go get it, and Chris is gonna stay and try and stop the bleeding in Marty's leg. Um, so Riley runs down there. Uh, she finds That's, she finds a phone. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marty and Chris have realized that Jesse's missing. Right. So Chris is like, I'm gonna go look for her. And then Nate pops back up. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, I want to apologize. I had a really bad headache. Um, doesn't excuse my actions. And then Riley's like, you need to shut the fuck up because there's somebody in the house. And he's like, I need to save my woman. So he immediately <laughs> like, and that's again, that's one of those things like, yes, it's great and noble that you want to save your girlfriend and her friends. But like, did you have to say it like that in this moment? Like, he just a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm big now. <laughs> big, me make fire. <laughs> <laughs> Big. It, it doesn't really matter though because he gets shot in the eyeball <laughs> with an arrow. Yeah, like and nobody comes and eats the eyeball. Like, what is this? I know. Well, at least like an eyeball does have like something happen yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get eye trauma, which is the crossover between Jalos and Wrong Turn movies. It's yeah. not the crossover anybody was looking for, but it's the crossover that exists. It's one we um, needed. <laughs> the the person that just shot the arrow then attacks Riley, and she. Grabs some keys on the floor and uses it to stab him in the neck. I love that this move is used two times because, like, yeah. I've always thought of that. Like, if like I've always done the thing, I've done it a few times. Like, where I've just like held it like that. I've never attacked anybody like that, but like I imagine it's got to be like a good hit. That's got to yeah. hurt. I mean, every woman has done this mm. and, or had uh, their pepper spray ready. I mean, think about all the precautions I take anytime I go out for a run. That's fair. Yeah, pepper That's... spray. I tell you what my route's gonna be. I um, text you whenever I stop for a break mm -hmm. or whenever I'm turning around to head home. I wear bright reflective clothing. I stay in a public street so that way I can be seen if somebody tries to abduct me. These are all the things that I do if I just want to go on a fucking run. Yeah. That's, that's in a, the daytime. That's a lot. <laughs> that's when uh, Marty and Chris appear. They help her get out from underneath the body and they realize she's covered in black goo and then they tell her that Jesse's dead and then Marty realizes Nate's dead and then more people in masks appear. So that sucks and they make a run for the door but there's a person in a mask there and he stabs Marty and leaves her to bleed out while he chases Riley and Chris. Fortunately, Marty's able to reach a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Calls campus security. And calls campus security. Which I'm happy. Or actually, she calls 911. 911 lets campus security know that a call has been oh. made. Gives him the address. Oh, is that why? Okay, that's why mm -hmm. I took it seriously. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that he, like, uh, that was like a direct call to him. He's like, oh, I'll be right there. Like, I thought that that was her. I didn't realize it was 911. So in the kitchen, Chris and the mask guy are fighting. And then outside, we see security pulling up to the house. And then he sees. The Delta Sigma girls, women, fighting their own group of masked men. Mm -hmm. And he is like, what the fuck? And then he gets stabbed. Immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's no use. Yep. So Chris and Riley go for the door once again. Chris is attacked and Riley gets him with da-da-da-da. Dry cleaning bag. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so that's a nice callback to the original. 
Fuck, what did I call it? Oh, that's right. I called it uh, Billy Baggin. Billy Baggin. Bill- yeah, Billy Baggin. Yeah. <laughs> he gets Billy Bagged. I yeah. like that. That's a nice That's a nice name for it. Um, they get in Nate's car, and as they're driving away, Riley tells Chris about the ritual that she witnessed, the black goo similarities between houses, and she wants to go to the deke house and get to the bus because she you know, heard that thing about if this thing breaks, we're all in danger. Yeah. Um, Chris and Chris really is like, fine. we have to go to the cops. So this is interesting because the one time that Riley's like, I'm ready to go fight, Chris is like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? We're going to the police. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, you know, I, I didn't even think about that before, but yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. So Riley basically forces her to let her out. And while she is walking along with her shovel, Landon runs into her. Or as I wrote in my notes, Landon runs into Landon. That's not what I meant. Landon I'm, runs into <laughs> Landon runs into Riley, um, and he offers to help her. Because at first she looks very suspicious. And this is where you said, she sounds like that girl from Green Room. And I was like, you do realize she is that girl from Green Room. And you were like, yeah, but I mean, like, she sounds like the character. The character, yeah. She, like, <laughs> almost exact delivery. You want to help? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. She does it right there. I was like, you do realize that this is, in fact, Imogen, <laughs> Imogen Boots? Imogen Boots. <laughs> so there, is, there are more sorority women that jump into the car with Chris, and they're like, yeah, no, this is actually really insane. Uh, this has happened to several other houses on campus, and they're all like, oh, shit. Yeah, damn. So, at uh, the Landon, deke house. Landon goes inside. He goes to check for his equipment that he left them, but he realizes it's all trashed. He gets so furious. He, and he starts throwing stuff and insulting dude, them. This is the weakest fucking tantrum ever. Like he, there's, I don't get the heart from him in this right here. He's like not very fired up for I this. think he's actually mad, but he also realizes there's bigger things going on. I think he's trying to put on a distraction. I think that that's the whole point, right? Yeah, because the guy's coming down and he's like, eat a fart, you just got Zeta'd. And one of the guys is like, well, I know for a fact you're not a Zeta, um, but do you want to be a deke? Too bad, you are now, here's some goo on your head. Uh, black goo, black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where Carrie Gelson comes in uh, and he says that uh, the headache Landon has experienced is the founder drawing edge is true alpha um, oh god yeah <laughs> Riley's getting ready to destroy the bus but then she hears Helena screaming for help and she goes in and she unties her and it turns out Helena's a dirty dirty backstabber mm, yep she's a traitor mm-hmm. she's total Serena Waterford that's what she is <laughs> Yeah, so Riley gets tied up, and when she wakes up, she finds she sees all of their missing items. That's one thing that we haven't really talked about is that all of the um, what is their sorority? Do we even know what their sorority is? Mew, Mew Kappa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she sees all of their like missing items that have like gone missing. So we had the diva cup, and we had Riley's comb, and there are just like other items. And yeah, stuff just was, random stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, crystals. I think I think those are Chris's because there's no way Chris doesn't have crystals. Chris crystals. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call it. <laughs> so yeah, she realizes that that's that's all there. So that's disturbing. And Gelson explains that um, Hawthorne saw what 
equal rights were doing to this country and he uh, made some backup plans that way when this did happen you know there would be a way for men to reclaim their space because how absurd is it that a man could have his career ruined by an allegation to which point i couldn't keep my mouth shut anymore while we were watching this last night and i said oh you mean being held accountable for his <laughs> actions <sighs> so anyway so anyway <laughs> they turn on helena yeah because she's like trying to convince her like because they're telling riley that she needs to bow down and she's refusing and helena's like come on wouldn't it just be so easier to stop fighting like she thinks that this is gonna be like being subservient means that she won't have to worry anymore yeah and it's the exact opposite of that because when riley refuses to bow down um helena's boyfriend comes up and immediately breaks her neck (laughs) (laughs) just snaps it yeah yeah and that it's very um, surely the Panthers won't eat my face um, kind of moment for her. Mm-hmm. She like right before she dies, she sees her necklace has been placed on that tray with all of the other missing items. So then they bring in the mask man because uh, if Riley doesn't bow down to them, he's going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And she reluctantly agrees to do so. But it's a faker because yeah. she's scrambling for the bus and she's about to knock it down. Except then he comes up and he grabs her by the throat and he's choking her slowly. And then you know what happens? Another motherfucking arrow. arrow. And this time it's Chris. And she's like, you messed with the wrong sisters. She could and have just hooted there. It I know. Unacceptable. It's a very <laughs> cheesy moment, but I kind of like it in this moment because it feels very cliche in a way. It's so cliche. Well, because like there's so many other like bad cliches in this movie. So this it's kind of like nice to have like the fun like superhero cliche. This moment. is like an Avengers Assemble type yes, moment. Right exactly. <laughs> so we got a lot of fighting. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. Landon kind of reveals that he's not being mind controlled anymore. Yes. So uh, he's on their side. Yeah. They're all fighting and we're seeing like s- some of the women are like having a struggle. In particular, we have Riley and it's this really fucking traumatic like flashback comparison to when Brian raped her mm-hmm. um, and she gets that adrenaline, flips him over kills him, breaks the bust, bust the bust. Mm. Then they set fire to the room. Yeah, and like when he, or when she uh, busts the bus, it uh, causes the black mask dude to like collapse. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, like it takes away his power or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't so yeah, the, yeah, the room's on fire, they all get out of there. Uh, they lock the door, they lock them in with one of the paddles. Mm-hmm. And then they all just kind of like watch the house burn down from outside. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, burn it get- down. Get credits. Yeah. And then mid credits, we got little Claudette licking up some blood. <laughs> I know. Was it dirty blood? little cat? I thought it was the black goo. Oh, it was the black goo. Yeah, black goo. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's how it ends. That's how it ends. All right. Fuck it. I like this movie. I'm keeping it an 8.5. I think it told the story it wanted to tell, and I think it did it well. Um, like I said, I don't mind that it was very blunt and unsubtle because sometimes you have to be. Sometimes you have to outright say, this is rape. Yeah. This is misogyny. This is patriarchy. You are a douchebag. Absolutely. Um, fuck it. I'll bump it to eight. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. It, it is a very solid movie. And talking about it with you has helped me understand where it was coming from in some places. And also, 
uh, I now see the black Christmasness in the movie, and it's in the DNA. I get it. Yeah, I, I can appreciate it a little bit more now. It's baked in. It is. Yeah. Okay. Talia. I almost feel like we shouldn't give Talia a score. She is so fucking tired. She did not. She slept she was, so she hard. She slept the entire time. Um, I think that she will agree with us because Talia also wants to dismantle the patriarchy. She does. Um, and she is glad no dogs died and that the no cat, cat didn't die. Thank you, Zoe. Zoe's mm-hmm. obviously pitching her thoughts in too. She's yeah. very happy about so that. So I think which... Talia will give it, it um our average, our ending average is eight point two five. So I think that's what Talia's gonna give it. Eight point two five. And Zoe did watch. She did. <laughs> Thank you, you can Zoe. Hear her, she's on the other uh, side of the door here, throwing a tantrum because we have not fed them yet. It's just a minute. It's it's coming up. Okay. It's a new tagline. Uh, slay women. Uh, slay women. Yeah, you mark out the girls and do women. Yes. Yeah, dude. That's a perfect. Yeah. I thought it was funny too, and it's so frustrating because it's one of those things that and i've done it several times this episode where you get so used to saying girls even though they're women Mm. they're grown fucking women and we should use women i've made such a conscientious effort the past few years to try and change my language because why are we infantilizing women like that we don't do that we don't say boys all the time i love to say boys you well you do that specifically because of case file because it's also just you know like the like growing up, people go boys, boys, boys. Yeah, but like you don't hear it in the same way. Like you'll hear guys more often than oh, you yeah. hear boys. Guys, yeah. Um, to me, guys is kind of like I, I mean in a neutral sense. Yeah, but like it's just one of those like language things, and it's like why are we so okay with this all the time? And it's like a subtle like shifting of the language you use. Yeah, so nice really thinking saying. about it. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, and I, I thought it was really funny too because Sophia Takal and April Wolf did that on the this ends it prom episode they caught themselves doing it a few times so it's hard, it's hard yeah. man yeah. yeah we're all flawed characters exactly <laughs> um so yeah i like that slay women yeah i like that too cool yeah. um, did you relate to i'll relate to like the not shitty smoosh <laughs> you know i also related to um jesse being like this high key stresses me out when you do this shit i need to get out of here <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I definitely relate to her, not just because of the name, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's that. <laughs> I do like to do this high key stresses me out, and then I leave. Um, that's become my coping mechanism <laughs> a lot lately. Yeah, it um, works. But also her, like, cooking the ham. Where oh, she's yeah. like, there's no, because she says this, and we kind of glossed over it because there's so much to talk about, but she was like, you really just put the ham in the oven and turn it on? Like, that's all? It can't like, be that they're easy. Ha- yeah, it can't be that easy. And then later she goes, I could have been cooking ham this whole time. It's so easy. <laughs> and it's not that I cook ham, but it's like I have moments like that all the time where I'm like, there's no way that this is as simple as you're telling me it is. And that it is. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have been doing this all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot about that part. I love that. <laughs> this movie has some good humor yeah. in it, too. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is good. It really balances out the heaviness of the subject matter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does have a nice balance there. Okay, now time for reviews. Okay, so what were you saying? Okay, so (laughs) I know you wanted to review the the bad reviews as people being upset that it's not more like Black Christmas, and that's because you're a nice person who doesn't inherently hate women. 
Um, but a lot of the negative reviews for people that inherently hate women. Uh, yeah, I could kind of see that. I could see this getting on a lot of people's nerves. <laughs> and there were also just a lot of people that this movie wasn't for, and it made them mad that it's not for them. So it was really hard to find a review that didn't, like, that was actually more of a critique of the movie as opposed to like, why do women think they deserve rights, you know? Yeah. Um, and I could only look for so long before I got really bummed out. So I found this review that talks about some um, okay. of the like writing choices, I guess, or the storyline choices. What's the rating? Uh, one out of 10. Oh, wow, okay. This film starts with a bunch of girls, women, having a party and a <laughs> girl <laughs> killed by an unknown stalker scene. This is this is um not in English as a first language speaker I don't think. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, this film is about a college girl Riley trying to survive from the killing of a black black masked man who possesses the black magic from the Hawthorne statue. The entire film is full of super slow motion shots of the main actresses searching for things and a close up face shot. Um, it makes the film unwatchable. The killing scene also is never shown to the audience. At the end, Riley smashes the Hawthorne statue on the floor to save herself and her friends from the killing of the black masked men. They still have a post credit scene. A cat is licking the black blood on the floor, and that's it. <laughs> so I think they just didn't like the story. They just felt it like they... Yeah. They were just like, oh. You think so they wanted Black Christmas? You I don't think they think wanted that, the OG? I don't think they wanted Black Christmas. I think they just... Didn't necessarily like the um, artistic choices in the film, like for how it was shot. You and I both liked the camera work. I loved it. That was my one of my favorite parts about this movie. It, it's yeah. beautiful. I love it so much. Um, so I think that, and you know, maybe some of the more straightforward slasher stuff that Bloomhouse insisted on. Yeah. Bloomhouse, Blumhouse. Bloomhouse. I think maybe that didn't necessarily appeal to this person, and. Uh -oh. That's okay. Uh, they were very clear that this movie isn't for everyone. Um, yeah. I'm just glad that this was not for them for reasons that we normally find on this show. Yeah, yeah. As like, opposed to... Uh, the movie's just not for me. <laughs> it's not for yeah. me, man. You know, I, I, I like that answer. That's a perfectly acceptable answer always. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. We got some listener reviews. Okay. All right. And I do... There. While you're pulling those up... BJ on the show was talking about her experience watching this in the theaters with Harmony and they were the only people in the theater besides this other couple and the one member of the couple was a man and a woman the man was making comments the entire time like very clear that he was over it he's bothered by it yeah, yeah. and at the end of the movie like he said well that was a waste of time and like his partner was just like I enjoyed it and you're really kind of bumming me out and I feel bad for her. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. That, that relationship's over. <laughs> That's not going but on But it's anymore. such an encapsulation of, like, what this fucking movie is saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's depressing. Like... That sucks, man. Uh, okay, well, let's see if we got some good things. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we got uh, over on Twitter. We'll start off with Aquile Boops. They say... Was excited for it when I first heard about it, but it's hard to follow the fucking awesomeness that was Black Xmas. It's a meh for me. Okay. 
I can see if that one set the bar for you. It's kind of like the first one set the bar for me. That one was so amazing. It's hard to top it. I really, I look at them as three different circles on a Venn diagram. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now too. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not like, expecting that from this which one Which type of Black Christmas do I want to watch today? Which particular flavor of it? It's like Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess you're right, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll work on a diagram at some point <laughs> for okay. this. That isn't just arrows to hoot and hollers but i do like that one that one <laughs> we need to have that info we just need to make that for every movie that we has do. arrows the ratio to it. yeah yeah uh we have tyler next says well i think the first half is well done and fun the supernatural element doesn't fit black christmas vibe to me okay uh i also very much missed the phone calls here i hated chris pushing riley to handle her trauma the way she wanted her to loved marty and jesse though seven out of ten for me Okay, those are all fair points, and I can see why they might detract from the movie for you. I think I've already explained my stance on those pretty well, but I can also see how they might um, take away from the viewing experience for someone else. Yeah, I really don't even think the supernatural element. I think it's just... I understand what you were saying, yeah. like where she was coming from after you explained it. Yeah. But like, if you have no clue about any of that shit, like, I am not like reading that much into this. I just see like supernatural Hawthorne bus, and I'm like... Uh, okay. I don't know. Like, for me, you know, and I've said this in other movies before, like, the horror isn't necessarily, like, what causes the bad thing. It's the bad things that are happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... It's just, like, a weird thing to have. Yeah. It's it's very strange to have it go supernatural. Yeah. But whatever. She had a, she had her reasons for it. I get it. I um, think there's also something about where, like, witchcraft has been such a predominantly, like, woman-oriented thing in media mm -hmm. you know literature movies all of that yeah um i think perverting that for like misogynistic use kind of makes it extra icky and then our final review is our very first facebook review whoa from oh, was that joe freak joe freakatron freak a claus that's true yeah <laughs> Uh, he wrote in on Facebook. He says, I haven't seen this since theaters, but I remember that I enjoyed the film. The trailer and marketing kind of give away too much of Absolutely. the film. So it damaged it for me. I hate when movies do that so much. Yeah. Blumhouse is terrible about doing they this They really shit. are. Despite that, I thought it was fun to watch and happily purchased it on Blu-ray. My only gripe, not even a big one at that, with the film itself is that I think an R rating would have been better. More violence slash score would have made the whole film chef kiss. Uh, I, otherwise a solid film yeah. that gets too much hate yeah i and here's the thing i'm generally on the side of i wish this was an r rating um sometimes i forget when movies are an r rating versus a pg-13 because mm -hmm. of like some of the like icky shit that's involved like what? and this is one that i forget about it like i don't necessarily need the gore when we've got all the other stuff happening and i think a good point that gets brought up um a lot on this ends at prom is that the PG-13, it opens up the audience to people who can be, can consume this a little bit more easily and readily. Like it, it allows that audience to exist instead of, you know, like, gotta hope they got cool parents that are willing to take them to the theaters. So. Yeah, that's true. Did they ever... Because um, I know you and I don't really have that experience. Like, No, dude. <laughs> I was like, a child. I, I watched Hostel in theaters whenever yeah. I was like in grade school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've talked repeatedly about me and my mom's like yearly dates to go see songs. Yeah. So. Um, was there ever a reason given why 
they decided to do PG thirteen. Yeah, they they wanted to more have accessible. That, yeah, make that accessibility for okay. like teen girls, and they also wanted to like after doing some tests with audiences, they just thought that it would go, fare better. Okay, that's fair. So. I, I respect that choice. I agree with that though. I mean, like, yeah, always want like bloodier and gorier, but whatever. I get it. You have to make your sacrifices if you yep. want to do something with it. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. That's it. That's it. That's all for the reviews. And Talia's trying to wrap this one up for us. If you can hear, real hard. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, And speaking of annual dates to go see Saw, it's that time, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Next week we're going to Saw Five. Saw Five. I'm excited for this one. Um. So right now you can watch it on Pluto TV, YouTube Prime Time, Amazon Prime Premium. YouTube TV Premium, or you can rent it from Google Play or Vudu. Or once again, I implore you, go check your local Walmart $5 rummage bin. It's so cheap. Oh, my God. They're just trying to... <laughs> it they're is trying to, worth <laughs> owning them. There's like some kind of... They're trying to get it in as many homes as possible. Yeah. Like they're trying to make it so easy to get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about that one. We get more crazy Costas. Yeah. We get like Costas becoming more and more unhinged. Yes. 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 Um, we get getting a little Luke, bit more soap opery. Luke talking like this the whole time. Oh yeah, I came yes. out there with a fucking hole in my throat. Gotta stab himself um. in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, dude. And the reporter, that's such a dick. And we get Darla from Buffy. Darla she's, from Buffy. Yeah, she's in there. Oh, I think I remember. Yeah. Her. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Yeah, so there's a lot to look forward to with that one. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot more crazy transitions, too. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm excited. So, And this was the one that, like, I almost saw the twist coming, but, like, by the time you realize it, you're like, oh, we're fucked anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Okay. So, all right. Watch that in the meantime. In the meantime, find mm-hmm. us on social media. Yeah. We're on Facebook. You can, you can review there. leave reviews. I, I with, check it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram and threads at least favorite scary movie podcast or you can find us on Twitter blueski at least fave pod you can also find us on our website what's your least favorite scary movie.com and you can send us an email at least favorite scary movie at gmail.com yeah. uh, as always listening to the show is great support in and of itself if you want to take it a step further you can follow us rate us review us um, and if you want to take it a step even further, you can join some cool cats on Patreon and help us keep the lights on mm-hmm. over here. And uh, you'd be amongst wonderful people such as Joe. Freakatron. Freaka Claus. Freaka Claus. That's right. I forget about that. Yeah. As is his Holly Jolly name. <laughs> yeah. Amber and Michael. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Really yeah, we, appreciate we it. appreciate any and all support that we receive from you guys. Um, y'all, y'all are the MVPs keeping the website up and running Hell and keeping yeah. our keeping our equipment nice and shiny. Thank you, so, guys. You guys thank you. Rule. Um, All right. I think that's else? it. No, okay. let's do it. Let's All see. Right. Uh, let's. We're done with Christmas. Let's uh, move on to Saw. Let's yeah. do that shit. Yeah. All right. All right. But enjoy your Christmas. Yes. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See where am I at? I'm talking a lot of this off the top of my head. I'm pretty You're proud doing of a good job, man. Uh, so.